All right, friends, welcome to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle. And as I promised, the January episodes are all dedicated to cycling events globally. This one you are absolutely going to be blown away with. But before we get into anything, how are you doing? It's a Monday. What's up? Um, so before we get into it, I just want to remind you that I have some free downloads. So if you go to askcoachsylvie.ca, there are some free downloads for you. Um, I add some every now and then. Um, I'm going to be adding some of my favorite uh, cycling snacks to that are that I put together at home for you. So stay tuned for that. Um, but let's get into the episode. Now, this one is from Lusar, Sierra Leone, Africa. And we're going to talk to Abdul Karim Kamari, aka Stylish. And his personal episode is going to be 195. So once you listen to him talk about his accomplishments in his racing event, the Tour de Lusar, uh, uh, which is quickly becoming one of the biggest African cycling events um, in their country, then you're going to want to know about the person. So episode 195, you're going to be hearing all about from stylish and how he got started with his uh club and into the cycling world it's absolutely extraordinary um i am just absolutely blown away by this guy um you'll love him when you hear from and you'll want to support everything that he represents um so i hope you um i hope you enjoy this episode and uh, so don't forget, we would also love a great review and five stars on Apple Podcasts. And you have yourself an amazing day. Take care. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dew. So here I am sitting in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and I have these two amazing guys who are sitting in Lunar, uh, it's Lunar, right? No. Lunsar, Lunsar, Sierra Leone, Africa. So um, just, uh, I'm super excited. Uh, We have um, Stylish and Hammer. So Stylish is an event coordinator for one of the largest cycling events in Sierra Leone. So it's called Tour de Lunsar. And he's going to be telling us all about how this uh, event started 
and what's happening this year. And Hammer is one of the sponsors of the event. So we're so excited. I'm so excited that we are able to have both of them together. And here's the thing, guys. If the um, if if everything gets choppy, what we're going to do is we're going to take our videos off and we're going to smooth out the audio. Um, you can also view this on YouTube as well. So let's get into it. Let, so first, Stylish, introduce yourself and then a little bit of how you got into cycling. And then we'll go to Hammer and his um, um, how he's involved with the uh, Tour de Lanzar and then right into the event. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I am Abdul Karim Kamara, commonly called Stylish. Um, based in Lonsar, a small mining town very close to the capital city of Seranium. So originally I am from Kabala, the um, upper northern part of Seranium, and I migrated to Lonsar 15 years ago, of which I finished my high schools there. So from there, migrating to Lonsar and uh, Migrated, I'm migrating with a skill of which in my time in Freetown, I was learning how to fix bikes from my neighborhood who we stay in the same compound. So like after me learning bike skills, then I migrated to Lonsar for high school. Then when I come to Lonsar, like the first three months, I have nothing to do. Then I think like, hey, I have learned a skill. I need to find uh, I should execute my skill by fixing bicycles for people. So there I went to a man who has a small local shop and I continued to be there as an apprentice. Then later I be there until I opened my own small bike shop of which one day an American man was passing by. He stopped by my shop. From this shop, he met me like, what are you doing? I said, I am a bicycle mechanic. Are you a bicycle mechanic? I said, yes. You know, he said, um, 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 he displays his professional bike tools of which it was my first time of seeing them. Like <laughs> you are a journalist or like a, a photographer, you never seen a, a new camera like that he just produced this year. So like that, that was how it is. So, the man introduced his tools to me. I was so amazed by the way the tools work easily. And after that, the man asked, like, um, do you want my tools? I said, yes, I want them. <laughs> but, they are, yeah, but they are for sale. I said, okay, how much do you want for them? So we are like 14 in numbers. The most interesting part, we are like 14 in numbers, including I. And uh, I was the only one that was interested to buy the tools. The other local guy said, the guy, David Peckham, was supposed to give the tools for free because he's a white man and the white people are rich. And then so there, because I love bikes and I'm so passionate about bikes. So I went out to buy the tools for Dave and we made an appointment for me to meet him and buy more tools. So there it started. So he asked me to go there by nine. So I was there at 8.30. And he was expecting me to reach there at 10 because in Africa we have BMT. 
when he asks people to come at nine, they will come late. But not knowing okay. that, like I, I can learn all these things. I went there earlier, so we wake up by nine and eight forty. He met me at his door. He said, "You are here." I said, "Yes, I am here to buy more tools." So there we became more interacted and more friendly, and we became like more and more like tight friends. I started exploring with him around, showing him. So later, not knowing that Dave is a kind of person that knows all these bikes organizations in Europe and America. And Dave was shipping bikes from the US and the UK and send them to Ghana. So later we learn about each other and we find out my passion. Like I love cycling and bicycling in general. And from there, Dave started shipping me bikes. From the bikes he shipped to me, I find out that cycling is a very important thing in our country. And football is the biggest sport of which people, young people are enjoying. And I said, okay, cycling is another thing young people are supposed to enjoy, despite it is a sport of all ages. Like, you know, an old man, a young man, like everyone can cycle, but in a more serious note, for young people to show them their talent, cycling is a good thing. So I started cycling myself, like just alone, like a crazy man, cycling up and down with all my cycling gears. And people were laughing at me because the gears sound smooth before when you dress. We started like cycling in the, in the community. They would say, oh, you're, you're almost naked. I said, no, this is the culture of the sport. So like, I try very hard to inspire some other young people in Rosar, where I live. And from there, we, we ride a lot, but we have no platform to race or compete because the CLM Federation is not doing well. And they don't have the resources to organize races outside of Freetown. So like later I learned that um, the CLM cycling is existing like the Federation. So I met some guys in Freetown. They also dress in the same attire, like the culture dress of cycling. Yeah. And when I met them, when I met them, they directed me to the cycling president. When I met the cycling president, we became also best of friends and he's so happy and, and passionate to meet me because like he got someone outside of Freetown that is very passionate about cycling. Is that is that um, the Flames Cycling Club? Yeah, the Flames Cycling Club came later after I organized oh, okay. the Lone Cycling. The, the Flames Cycling Club, like... Um, they are uh, I'm a mentor for them because they are mm. trying to follow my footstep. So the oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So with that, I I create a platform where young people can race, like the Tour de Lunzar. We started racing within each other, like all the Lunzar guys. I fix old bikes like uh, before to get road bikes was very very hard. So I would turn mountain bikes to road bikes so that can race them to yeah. each other. Later, after doing these two years, three years, I started inviting guys to Freetown, like just guys of all ages. That you are old, young, you can race. Then we have fun. And you mean from, from other, other provinces in Sierra Leone? Yeah, of course. Okay. They come to Lozar every year. To, to, to race. So like um, with that, I see like it is something in need and I need to have something that I can show to the world 
And I need to tell the world that Sierra Leone is a better place for cycling. I need to tell the world that it's a safe place for cycling, more especially those uh, like the Tony Rosa that are doing. So I started putting more time and resources, talking to people all over the world. And finally, I met a cycling journalist from the UK in the in in a, in a cycling challenge. Yes, yeah, Street Child is cycling challenge organized by Street Child. So I was working at the, the the challenge as a mechanic. They're also looking after all the people that are coming from Europe to help this and um, make a success. So from there, I was able to talk to everyone, like trying to make friends, like whosoever I meet. So there I met Tom Owen, who is the CEO and founder of Fisto Agency. And on our way going to Liberia, because we cycle every year, from Sierra Leone to Liberia, they raise money for street children that will support the organization's work. So when I met Tom Owen, he had a puncture that he asked me, like, are you a mechanic? I said, yes. Um, how many minutes would you take to fix my puncture? I said, yeah. I can take three minutes. He said, really? I said, yes. Not knowing that he has already clocking me. So he <laughs> put on his clock whilst I'm fixing is puncture, then I fix it for two and a half minutes. Mm. So he said, wow, so you fit work <laughs> for the France. I said, yes, if I have the opportunity. So he asked me, what do you want me to do for you? I said, I want your uniform cycling jerseys for my team. By then he was wearing a suit jersey that has like everything the same color of his club in the UK. So he said, really? I said, yes. What is the name of your club? I said, it is called Lonsa Cycling. So from there, not knowing Tom has his connections, like bringing people that, knowing a company that will make jerseys for my team. Mm -hmm. So when he went back to the UK, he started sending me all kinds of templates to choose what oh. kind of jersey he should make for my team. So finally, I choose one that I saw the set of jersey sent over to me. I was so happy with the team. Like we've been the first team in Seattle to wear a uniform cycling jersey. Because before, even with the federation, they have to go to a local tailor. They make a local cloth to represent the country. So we having this kind of connection, you know, we are we started having that big exposure. And with mm -hmm. the Toddy Lone Star, um, talking to people every day, then working with Tom Owen, started bringing out sponsors like Mohammed now, African Cup, is sponsoring the Toddy Lone Star for this year. And last year we are able to work with uh, one of the biggest um, um, nutrition company, Science and Sport, that uh, which was the head sponsor of the Tour de Lusa. So from there, um, the tour is integrating a lot of impact to young people's life. From the tour last year, one of our female cyclists has been shortlisted to ride for a pro cycling team in Germany, which is very good for the first time in West Africa. A female cyclist from Sierra Leone representing Sierra Leone wow. into Germany, you know, as a pro cyclist. So um, this is how it all started. It started with passion, with a lot of mm -hmm. honesty, a lot of time, energy, and the resources, and the whole thing sacrificed. And for now, the way I live in Rosa, cycling is the biggest sport here. The kids want to cycle. 
the young and old people want to cycle, and many of them want to cycle for sports, not for fun. Oh, that's great. So how long is the tour to uh, Lusant, uh, Lusar? How long, how how old is it? Like, how long has it been running for? Um, the Tour de Lusar has been running now for the, this is the sixth edition. But since we started putting it more serious, like the tour uh-huh. of itself, which is like two years. Because last year we did the tour for four days. And this year again, we're going to do it for four days. But like so young tour, before we are just doing it for only one day because we don't have the resources to make a four days ride because it entails right. a lot of resources. Yeah. So it's now just so this year, um, yeah. 2022, it's just one day for the tour. No, it's four days tour. The one first day, the four, the first day is for the junior and the okay. female, female rider. Then right. the third day, which the elite category, it is for the elite riders of strong levels. And uh, we even have some riders coming from Europe and we have wow. pro teams that are interested to come and cycle, it's like a global cycle team. And also we are expecting um, the EF education to serve one of their biggest riders, maybe their female team to come out. Oh, wow. so, yeah. so how long are each one of the stages for distance? Um, each one of the stages will take, um, the first one is 130 kilometers. Oh. And, yeah, uh-huh. and the, other, the other one is 120 kilometers. And the last one is 100 kilometers. Okay. And yeah. so is that including the junior and the women's category? No, the junior and women's category is only cycled for one day. Yeah, what, how long is their event? How, they, how gonna, they, they are doing 120 kilometers. Whoa, yeah. So now 120 kilometers in Sierra Leone, like what kind of terrain are they going through? Are these all paved roads or what's, what are the roads like? All the roads <laughs> are paved roads. Um, okay. Can so I answer this question? Yeah. <laughs> all right, tell us, we, tell us about the roads. Because, uh, I've got like, sorry. Yeah, go on. But uh, don't get me wrong, like um, the African Leone paved roads are not like roads in Europe, but we try, one one of the goodest things I always try to do, I always try as much as I can to provide a safety team that we be on the road and the most dangerous area. We have, because people lose nothing about cycling. And even when they see the peloton is coming, like the motorbike riders, they just still try to come. But now, more especially for the community here in Rosa, cycling is a culture. The commercial motorbikes mm-hmm. try to protect cyclists from right. the road. And we are trying to make this sensitization all over the country. Really, like cyclists should be respected, even though like the roads are not like 100% like roads in mm-hmm. Europe, but we are trying cool. to come there. So, Hammer, what do you have to say about the roads? Yeah, so I want to say that there are obviously some undeveloped roads in Sierra Leone, um, but just like anywhere. But um, Mm -hmm. what it is, is if you think, if you compare it to Canada a bit, you have, let's say, densely populated areas. And then in between, you have areas where it's just wild and um, quite a lot of space. But 
these roads which connect the different provinces together or the different cities. So let's say where Karim is, Lunsa to Freetown, the roads actually are quite good. So like if I compare them to roads which I've cycled in in um, uh, Europe and the UK, actually it's it's not that different in terms of right. quality. Well, of I've seen pictures of UK roads. <laughs> I know, <Yeah>. but it's <laughs> like Quebec. Don't don't get me wrong. We have some pretty yeah. bad roads here too. Yeah. Um. So Hammer, are you a participant as well as a sponsor? So I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping to participate last year, but um, the, the thing is, I'm not going to be participating this year because I'm not fit enough. I really <laughs> wanted to, but you the roads aren't the category? problem. No, they don't. The oh. roads aren't the problem. It's more the, the conditions and the climate and getting used to cycling in that sort of temperature, climate resistance. You really need to train. And okay. I would have to take six to eight weeks off and just dedicate myself to training and because of work I won't be able to so this year I'll go to support but not compete but next year I'm hoping to compete okay this is a very interesting let's talk about the climate oh, okay what what time of the year is it that your okay, event is on in March 20, 24th 25th 27th 24th 25th Twenty fourth, twenty sixth, twenty. Okay, so what is the climate like in your part of Africa at that time? So um, <laughs> we, we we make some slight changes here. Okay. And and uh, for March, March is the hottest month of oh. the year in Sierra Leone. But however. Um, um, we did that because um, Sierra Leone is dominated by Muslims. So, but the whole of April is the month of Ramadan, you know, so we respect that, like it's a cultural thing. So normally April is not hot. The sun is cooling down, like the whole of March is hot, and like by April is cool. So the original month of Tordilosa is April, but this year we changed it because from my experience, it has been affecting us. Whenever we are doing it, we made the, the, the month of Ramadan for the Muslims. So March is hot, but we are doing it on the ending. So don't expect it's going to be too hot. But March is the hottest month in the country. Are you starting it early in the morning? Yeah, we start very early in the morning. But okay. please make sure if like anyone want to come, come with a lot of sunscreen. <laughs> well i i did a race in july in utah and utah. yeah so i don't know in what the, the temperature is yeah. like but that was that's like the hottest month of the year yeah in the desert and we were it was an adventure race it's it's not a cycling race we were okay. like eight days and wow. Like there is temperatures like 110 degrees. It was ridiculous. So I'm just thinking like sometimes we were hiking, sometimes we were mountain biking. And um, so I was just like, oh, the weather. But if you're starting earlier, you probably suspect or expect people to finish before the height of the day, like before one o'clock. You're yeah. suspecting. Yeah. You, you wow. think people will finish before one o'clock? I don't know. Okay. Well, it's, well, if you're looking at 
what time are you starting? Six, seven? No, we start and it's eight. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you'd it's, start earlier. You know, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say with those distances. It is with those distances. You'll definitely have people still cycling around midday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still cycle even when it is hot, and we. Still I guess cycle. so. So, yeah. what kind of? Um, so we're going to talk to Hammer in a second about his sponsorship for the but here's a question if people want to train to come and join this what are some of the tips that you would give them to properly prepare now that it's january you've got like yeah, a month to to prepare for this what would you so, recommend um so uh, my recommendation is um come Maybe around, if you don't want to stay for too long, you come around the ending of February. You can have some good time to train. And uh, we can, you can train around Kabbalah because it is cold here all the time, not too hot because it is the northern part of Syria. You have many mountains around there. And also around Kono, it's a very good place to train. And yeah, then my, one of my advice, like, However, I just come with sunscreen for you, for the sun not to burn you, just in case. But <laughs> coming earlier will make you used to the climate. Right. They will be able to race. And when it comes in terms of racing. Now, how much climbing is climbing, uh, part of the, uh, the courses? Um, we have part of the courses, we have more than six climbings, but we only have prizes for one. Okay, but are, is there a lot of elevation? Hills, hills. Of course. Yeah. yeah so is, is there a lot of elevation in the on the in the course? Yes. In the course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would I would like to jump in on your question about how to prepare. I mean, I think if you're a pretty professional cyclist, then maybe you you would be prepared for racing in different conditions and different sorts of climates but I think if if you're an amateur and you wanted to do the Tour de Lonso and if you're coming from the west for example it is going to be <laughs> difficult because as you said you'll be in winter and then you you want to prepare for what would be a shock to system I, mm -hmm. I would combine participating with in the Tour de Lonso with going on holiday to Sierra Leone and maybe arriving <laughs> two or three weeks earlier and, and getting the time to see the country and then training. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people might not know that geographically it's it's very diverse. It's got some of the best beaches in West Africa and then oh, okay. lots of mountains, lots of hills. So if you were to find a good base in Freetown or around um, Kabbalah, as Kareem said, or even outside of Freetown, you, you could pretty quickly, I would argue, get in shape because of the 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 diversity in the landscape there's loads and loads of climbs um which would probably get you in shape quite quickly for the right Tour de Lonsa and okay, would obviously as well prepare you for the heat all right hammer so here's a little question so you said that you don't feel prepared right now yes. to jump in so what would you do to get ready what do you know that you would have to do because it sounds like you've experienced this before yeah, because yeah, well, I'm, I'm at the I'm at the same grid. I know exactly what I need to do to get ready for certain races. So, 
Yeah. How do you feel about this and your preparedness for next year? <laughs> so, so basically what I would need to do to be ready would be to, I would have to cycle, I reckon, <laughs> at least three to four times a week, maybe okay. two, two times a week, like short distance, focusing on climbs mm -hmm. intensity, and then try and do two long, at least one long ride a week. Um, right. and then I would feel ready, but I would have to do that consistently for about six to eight weeks <laughs> and, and I travel for work. So I, this would be disrupting uh, okay. because of this. Yeah. I would not show up to the Tour de so <laughs> like I would for other races. I mean, you would die. I, I feel like yeah, I, yeah, I, I would it. die anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like This is not a beginner. This is not yeah, a course yeah, yeah. for a beginner. Right. So, no. so while we're still talking to you. Let's talk a bit about your sponsorship and how okay. um, how that came about and um, your uh, your support for the event. Okay, so as um, you may or may not know, I founded my own cycling brand mm -hmm. in during the lockdown of 2020. It's called. Yeah, you're one of those entrepreneurs <laughs> who put, put some time to work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I had the idea just before, but I mean, obviously, this was a time when a lot of people launch things, and this mm -hmm. was when we officially launched. Um, we're a brand which makes cycling caps and musettes out of Ankara material, and these are largely it's out of what? What's Ankara? What's okay, Ankara. Ankara is like wax, printed wax. Oh my god! Okay, so everybody, let's take a, a minute. So Hammer is just going to talk to you a little bit about his sponsorship. And I just want to share with you that we are going to, we have an episode with him alone talking about his, um, his business. And that will be episode 198. So make sure that you are um, following this podcast so you don't miss this episode. So, all right, continue with your the sponsorship thank you okay so um I, I actually knew about kareem uh roughly before i knew about the tour de lonsa because i was in sierra leone and there was a charity event organized for breast cancer and um breast cancer awareness and the organizer sort of organized an event where you could walk or you could cycle and um Kareem was the one who was providing the technical support and the bikes. So this is when I first heard about him, but I wasn't aware of the Tour de Lonsa at that time. He goes in London in summer 2020, and um, a lot of people got into cycling during lockdown, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I was on a social ride promoting the caps, and there was another Sierra Leonean, and he was telling me about... Uh, how Lacole had produced these Sierra Leonean cycling jerseys. And I was really surprised about it. And when I looked into mm -hmm. it, I saw that they were um, sponsoring one of the more... Well, so as Kareem said, there's been quite a few Tour de Lunces before, but there was one, the first sort of international one, uh, internationally recognized one. And, and that's how I learned about the Tour de Lunce. And I was like, oh, that's great. I mean, one of the aims of... AFRICAP is to sort of provide support to grassroots cycling initiatives in Sierra mm -hmm. Leone. And that's why we wanted to get involved and help out where we can. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I mean, it's obviously great 
uh, exposure for you, but also supporting um, yeah. the local event. So let's um, cap it up and say, is your, um, is your registration still open for taking yes. in teams? Of course, it's still open. Okay. <laughs> I still hope so. Open. And yeah, I wanna, you asked if, um, if beginners can come. Yes, you can come ride uh, the one day with the junior and female rider. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The registration hey. is still, still okay. open until the end of Our, March. Oh, okay. So like right up to the event. Now let's talk about the women's event. Like how many women do you get on the start line now? Cause I know that like, um, there's talk like more ice I'm, I'm watching, like I'm watching some, um, like, uh, um, the flame cycling down in Freetown and you mentioned it, there are more women getting involved. Like how exciting is that? Like how many women are you getting out on the start line? Are you expect to get out? Um, for this year, I'm expecting to get like 25 women, okay. maybe for the first time. That's good. Uh, yeah, meaning that's that's a, a good number. Like I, when I raised, that's probably about the number that was on the start line. Maybe 25. Oh, to really? 40. Yeah, yeah. It's um, okay. it's a big. <laughs> that's a whole other topic, but it's yeah. um, it's a big issue uh, trying to get women to participate in a cycling event there's a lot of um fear wrapped around it pelotons okay. riding closely yes. things like yeah. that so um but uh but we're working as an organization here to uh make it better make it more beginner friendly to you know like different categories you know beginner category you know cat d all the way to cat a so that uh, you get more people out and just beginner and don't feel intimidated by racing with, um, with uh, you know, a category, yeah, uh, category A, which is like pro level, right? So when you have everybody together, you know, you don't feel, I mean, it is what it is, but if you can break it up, women will feel more comfortable racing at a beginner level and then moving up the ranks as they get better so they just there's no pressure there's like uh you know so but yeah that's what, exciting what, yeah what are the age groups of the participants the female participants you have um See, the oldest is quite one, mixed the oldest one we have is Isa Samonde. it makes uh she's like 34 and all of okay. the rest the rest of them are from 15 to 23 years. Yeah, okay. those are the juniors. Yes. The junior A. Juniors. That's a long distance for junior women's category, but yeah. hey, I guess that's the only, is that like a main loop that you have? Uh, um, uh, well, originally it's not like the 120 kilometer is a whole hot riding, like, you know, and okay. you have to talk about so around Lusa, you ride around, 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 around them before you exit. So Oh, I see. Okay, okay, I got it. So I'm picturing like this loop out into the country around to all these different villages and then back in. But it's a loop that you have them going around. So, 
Okay. Yes. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's amazing. Is there anything else that you want to share about um, your event? Well, um, just we are still looking forward to invite you to come to Sierra Leone. And if you are a cyclist around the world, you want to experience cycling in Africa, more especially in Sierra Leone. I want to tell you that Sierra Leone is a very good place for cycling. It's very safe. People yeah. are friendly. I open-heartedly invite you to come to Sierra Leone, then at least help us expose Sierra Leone to the world for cycling. That is my message I have to say to all cyclists or people that are going to listen to this. And even if you don't come, you want to support Sierra Leone or Sierra Leonean cyclists, or you want to support Todi Loser or the cycling team, either Loser Cycling, or any other team here, we always welcome you. Don't hesitate to contact me. I will give you the details then walk you through. I love it. And um, one of the things about being a podcaster and reaching out to people is finding these things out. Like I would never have, you know, I mean, I follow you guys on Instagram. Um, and I just, I, I spoke with somebody in Cape Town who does a, um, a tour, a rescue, a ride for rescue, ride to rescue is for animal shelters um, down there. And that, that was amazing to talk to her. And then you guys, this is really, really fascinating. And I'm really excited that you are working so hard to create that cycling environment where you are and um, hats off to you. So everyone there. Where can you guys, where can you, where can we find you on um, socials? Social media, um, check on Loza Cycling Team. And you can check on Loza Cycling on Instagram, Loza Cycling on Twitter. <laughs> and you can check, yes, check on, on our website, Loza Cycling. Then personally for me, Abu Karim Kamara Stylish. You can find me. Then on Instagram, the same thing. You can find me. Perfect. So basically everywhere. So Lusar Cycling, just Google it and you'll find it everywhere. Thank you so much. Yeah. And don't forget to everybody to um, make put your notifications on and follow the podcast. We will be having Hammer on. He'll be talking about um, his African, Africap. Is it Africap or is it Af Africap? Africap, yeah. Africap on episode... 198 and we'll also be talking to stylish the person um in episode 195 so yes. make sure that because we're just talking about the event these two gentlemen um have extraordinary stories in themselves so you want to you want you don't want to miss those so with that thank you very much everyone for jumping into this episode if you're in their neighborhood make sure you go and participate or support or at least follow um, and share their pages um, and we'll see you on the next episode thanks everyone thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. 
please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.